You've dreamed of building a family, but the journey hasn't been easy. I'm Dr. Laura Shaheen, a reproductive endocrinologist helping people build families every day. On our new podcast, Baby or Bust, we'll be learning from both reproductive experts and people who have faced challenges just like yours. Join us every week for Baby or Bust, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Make sure to follow us so you never miss an episode. Where's Ralph? He's over there, hogging the hell of a good dip for his big game ritual. Oh, boy. Hey, Ralph, can we get some of that, too? Yeah, yeah, soon. Almost done. First the carrot, two taps and dip. Then the celery. Ah, yes, now the chips. All dipped in creamy, hell of a good dip. Mmm, delicious. Yes, it worked! Get the dip made with real milk and cream that wins every time. Not just good, hell of a good. Hey, listen up, past, present, and future MyBookie players. During Thanksgiving week, MyBookie is offering a risk-free bet on the Bears-Lions game. Simply choose a team against the spread for up to $250. If you win, congrats. You've got extra holiday spending money. If you lose, congratulations to you as well. MyBookie will give all your money back. It is a no-brainer because you literally cannot lose. It's no risk, all gravy. Crazy, right? It doesn't matter whether you're an experienced player or a first-time customer. MyBookie welcomes all to come play. So quit waiting around and sign up today. Do you find yourself wanting to bet on sports but have a lot of questions? Don't sweat it. MyBookie's patient customer service team can walk you through the process. And the best part is, if you join this Thanksgiving week coming up, you'll still have one last shot to take advantage of their incredible sign-up offer. Just log on to MyBookie.ag and make your first deposit with promo code ZABE. MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar, and that's on top of the risk-free bet. Let me repeat, that's a guaranteed deposit match and risk-free bet for Thanksgiving only. So if you're a true football fan, you do not want to let this opportunity pass you by. You simply can't lose. Root for your team this year, but get in on the action and hop on the gravy train with my bookie. You play, you win, you get paid. Today on the Zabecast, is the Redskins' dismal season affecting people's mental health? Is it starting to affect mine? I'm beginning to wonder. Are more games lost than won, or is that some stupid saying that just insists upon itself? We've got a Thursday mailbag and some doozies in there, plus a youth league umpire who wasn't having it. Your bonus, super early morning edition of me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go. Here we go. Thursday, November 21, 2019. Thank you for downloading. It is a load management Thursday. Short, quick, 30-minute sprint by me and me alone. actually got an email. I'll probably put it in the mailbag today uh, from somebody who said they really like the me-only Zabecast. That twice a week might be a good dosage of me-only. Sometimes I just say, well, I don't need to get this other person to come on, and I've got plenty on my plate to talk about today. And with that said, let's get right into it. I never thought that I was going to be genuinely down or snippy or pissed off about the Redskins being so god-awful because I'd already set my expectations damn near to zero. And I have said before, I'm sort of relishing this abject humiliation that owner Dan Snyder and Bruce Allen 
must be experiencing. I mean, they have to be, right? They can't possibly be totally immune from sitting through this kind of suckitude, right? And I have said that I have uncoupled and detached from worrying about this team and caring about this team and rooting for this team and that I've got a girlfriend team in the Packers that I've been adopted warmly. I've been brought in warmly to the Packer family and people have said, come on, come on, you deserve it. You're doing a daily show now in Milwaukee. We love you. Come on board. At the same time, maybe not. Maybe the Redskins' woes are definitely eating at me. Maybe, definitely. I just thought about it because on Tuesday on the afternoon show in D.C., I got really triggered. Oh, I was triggered. Yeah, I I like to think I'm a grown-ass man of 51 and a half years old who doesn't get triggered. But I was triggered. It was like an accumulation of things. I'd, I'd just grown weary of certain arguments that I can't even take one more fucking person talking about. Whether it's the Kaepernick debate that will never end apparently and I don't really care so much about that I believe like Stephen A believes that he is on a martyrdom play he is on a martyrdom marketing and social justice angle and he has no intention of playing again in the NFL because it would basically end everything else I believe that people though are really going to the wall about this was a setup by the NFL and uh, you know they're carrying the banner carrying the banner of Kaepernick No, that's not it so much. I picked a fight. I did over Kirk Cousins because I went to go look at the stats for quarterback passing leaders 2019. Whoa! And there was Kirk Cousins basically neck and neck, number for number, with Russell Wilson atop the pile. Now, he's not Russell Wilson. I'd trade Kirk Cousins if I had a team for Russell Wilson right now Period. End of story. I understand all that. But still, to see a former Redskin quarterback who is so derided and and ripped on by a good chunk of our own fans up there, I'm like, fucking shit, piss me off. So I picked a fight on Twitter. I picked a fight with the internet. And the internet said, oh, you picked a good day for a fight because we're open. In fact, the internet, if it could speak, it was Doc Holliday in Tombstone as played by Val Kilmer on his near deathbed saying, well, well, I'll be a huckleberry, which was an old West saying for, I'll be just the thing you need. You want a gunfight? I'll give you that. You want a fight fight on the internet? I'll give you that. And so I got into it with a bunch of uh, pseudo Redskins, supposed Redskin fans, real Redskin fans that just still don't like Kirk. And I, I got so angry at the argument, I couldn't even see straight. I'm so tired of the people that are still saying, what about Mason Rudolph? I'm triggered by people who should know better like Michael Wilbon, who thinks he should be suspended a game. It's fucking crazy. What world are they living in? Breathe. But I think at the root of it all, it might be the fact that no matter how much I say, I don't care about the Redskins. No matter how much I try to convince myself, oh, this is great. Watch Dan Snyder and Bruce Allen sit in their own fetid shit right now and look stupid. The bottom line is my football team of my youth and the football team in my immediate area is so comatose. It is so weekend at Bernie's. And there's so much left of the fucking NFL season. Six weeks. And even with a shiny, quote, shiny new toy 
at quarterback, which I don't think anyone thinks is really that good of a toy. In fact, if it were a Christmas toy, it would be uh, it would be the bald guy with the magnetic metal shavings. You get to make a beard on him or like hair. Yeah. It's not something cool like a slot car racetrack. Of course, those get broken right away. Don't get me started. So with a shiny toy even, it's impossible to feel anything about this team. In fact, you feel dead inside. And I really do believe, as I did some deep self-scouting, as Bill Callahan would say, as really looking at my own self on this, I think, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pissed off, I'm hurt, I'm ashamed, I'm all these things, no matter how much I try to uncouple and distance myself from the assholes who did this to my team, Dan Snyder and Bruce Allen, thoroughly broke our team. My team, your team, everyone else's. And while I can laugh and go, look at that stadium, what a piece of shit FedEx Field is. Look at the erector set disassembly in the upper decks because they can't possibly sell all that. Oh, look at this. StubHub has those upper deck tickets, what's left of them, for $6 a piece. (laughs) And I can look at the crowds being half full, a third full at that. And I can see all the opposing jerseys, and I can laugh, and I can sneer. But at the end of the day, deep down, I'm like, God, is that sad? That's depressing? You know, we are the fan base that once filled up that stupid-ass stadium when it wasn't torn apart at the top to try to downsize it. We are the same fan base that once made RFK Stadium rock with chance of, we want Dallas. And so the notion of, not only do I have to sit through six more weeks of this shit, and not only do I have to sit through the notion of Dan's not going anywhere, not at least immediately, that's for damn sure. This Bezos thing, it's a pipe dream. And I can maybe dream that Bruce Allen's gone in the offseason, but still, I, I wouldn't believe it until I see it. Six weeks of nothing. Six weeks of self-loathing. Six weeks of a little bit of football depression. Bengal fans, you know me. You feel me. You with me, right? In fact, one Bengal fan said, you know what? I feel slightly better this year because I look at you guys and I know, hey, our situation is not the worst. But yeah, I think I have been a little bit affected by it. I think there's no two ways around it. And also from a professional standpoint, let's not kid ourselves. It's like if you work in the automotive industry and there's a car manufacturer in your town and it closes... And that's what the Redskins are. They're the biggest employer in town, and it's fucking shuttered right now. That is bad. It's bad for our business. Bad for what we do. You can't say, well, but you can talk about who you're going to draft. Hey, the only people left caring and thinking and talking about this football team are the super diehards and the delusional. The very people that I look at like, you stupid asshole. Why am I talking to you? You're too dumb to even talk to about Kirk Cousins, you don't get it. But okay, how are you? Hi. <laughs> Those That's the only people who are left. So it's a, it's a depressing shit sandwich all the way around. That said, you want to join me and my morning show Goombas, Josh and Eric at Lambeau Field for a guaranteed win against these crummy-ass Redskins? Why? Go to thegamemke.com. Keyword Darrow for our title sponsor. That's right, the Russ Darrow Group. Mike Darrow is kind enough. He's going to be our tour guide. It's going to be us, a winner, and three listeners up at Lambeau Field for the day, VIP all the way through from start to finish. 
Uh, go to 97.3 The Game, sign up. It takes nothing. It takes two seconds, drop your name in. It's like a virtual business card. All we want is uh, your name, your email, your address, probably your phone number, maybe W-2, uh, perhaps a 1090, uh, maybe your uh, last tax forms, social security, maybe a few birth certificate. Other than that, we're not going to take too much data from you. And besides, it's worth it. you got a chance for an incredible prize. And I will try, once we're up at Lambeau Field, the absolute paragon, the pinnacle of NFL experiences, the most amazing, wonderful, clean, polite, friendly, uh, full of stuff to do stadiums, historic, iconic, you name it. I will try hard not to think of the, of the rotting, disfigured, rusted shithole known as FedEx Field. In fact, if it were a Game of Thrones reference, it would be like uh, like Heron Hall. Nerd! Remember that collapsed castle, that hellhole of torture back on Game of Thrones? Okay, enough of that. Let's talk about something happy for a change. Hey, listen up. Past, present, and future MyBookie players. During Thanksgiving week, MyBookie is offering a risk-free bet on the Bears-Lions game. Simply choose a team against the spread for up to $250. If you win, congrats. You've got extra holiday spending money. If you lose, congratulations to you as well. MyBookie will give all your money back. It is a no-brainer because you literally cannot lose. It's no risk, all gravy. Crazy, right? It doesn't matter whether you're an experienced player or a first-time customer. MyBookie welcomes all to come play. So quit waiting around and sign up today. Do you find yourself wanting to bet on sports but have a lot of questions? Don't sweat it. MyBookie's patient customer service team can walk you through the process. And the best part is, if you join this Thanksgiving week coming up, you'll still have one last shot to take advantage of their incredible sign-up offer. Just log on to MyBookie.ag and make your first deposit with promo code ZABE. MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar, and that's on top of the risk-free bet. Let me repeat, that's a guaranteed deposit match and risk-free bet for Thanksgiving only. So if you're a true football fan, you do not want to let this opportunity pass you by. You simply can't lose. Root for your team this year, but get in on the action and hop on the gravy train with my bookie. You play, you win, you get paid. Here's a good one. The TSA has said that they will allow travelers to actually carry on a fully cooked Thanksgiving turkey and meal in their carry-on luggage on Thanksgiving Day. So if you're over the river and through the woods to grandmother's house you go, involves a flight, the TSA has already said, you can do that. Why, I can just imagine the smell of a even well-insulated turkey dinner that's in some sort of uh, you know hot pouch that's got insulation and zippers, just the, oh, can you smell that coming through, the the hot mashed potatoes and the gravy? God, would that be unbelievable. Somebody already joked when I had this story in the afternoon show, they're like, yeah, I can see the first person killed, mauled by canines at the security entrance to the uh, gates because they smelled the turkey dinner in your carry-on. No matter how well-trained a German shepherd canine is, guess what? Now nah, they're not going to be able to resist that. What I'd love is if you get on the plane with your full Thanksgiving dinner in some sort of carry-on food, pouch, duffel bag, whatever, and then you meticulously proceed 
to unpack it right there in the middle seat of a plane that is fully loaded, every single seat taken, and you're shoulder to shoulder, and you've got your thing. You're like, oh, excuse me, her. Open it up. A big waft of turkey steam. <sighs> Take the turkey out. You're adjusting. You're like, hold on a second. And you get your, your 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 mashed potatoes and your stuff, and you get your hot carafe of gravy, and you pour it on there. And your and your uh, seatmates next to you are just looking at you like, God damn, that smells incredible. I wonder if he's going to offer me any. It's Thanksgiving. Of course, I don't know if any planes are full on Thanksgiving days. Anyone? Raise your hand out there in the podcast. Has anyone traveled? Has anyone flown on Thanksgiving Day, and what is it like? It might actually be glorious. It might be such a lightly traveled day in the morning that it's the only way to fly. I don't know. But there you are in the middle seat, and you're unpacking your whole Thanksgiving dinner. People are looking at you, the guy on the left, guy on the right, guy on the right, and you're just you're not even acknowledging them. You're just busy. You're setting it all up. You get it all set up, <laughs> and then you start eating. And you don't even look at your seatmates. You offer them nothing. Totally against the entire spirit of Thanksgiving. And instead, you just eat the whole thing meticulously from start to finish. And then as you're done, you go, you take the last bite of turkey and you go, oh, that was so good. All right. And then you you dab your uh, corners of your mouth with a nice, nice white cloth napkin with a little turkey uh, napkin holder ring. Like, I don't know if your family has that for Thanksgiving. And then you uh, gently pack it all up, put it in the overhead, sit down again. And then maybe after that, you ask your two seatmates, Mint? Mint, anybody? There was a story that bugged the shit out of me in sports this week. And you might say to yourself, why, why are you bothered by that? And I'll explain why in a second, but here we go. So a young woman for the University of Georgia and their sports information department was photographing their game over the weekend, Georgia's football game, from the sideline. And she had permission, she had the right credentials and everything else, but she was a student, she was an amateur photographer, but she was down there to get pictures. Okay, so a play comes at her, uh, running back for Georgia, his name is unimportant, I could look it up, but it doesn't matter. Nice prep! And um, crushes her, just wipes her out. Scary scene. She was knocked out cold, had to bring out the cart. Uh, everyone's all like, oh, oh my God, is she all right? Knocked out cold. Uh, they take her to the hospital. Luckily, no cranial fracture, uh, no serious concussion, maybe a minor one. Don't know about that. Uh, but otherwise, everything checked out. No broken bones, no broken neck. She's going to be fine, although she is recovering. Okay, great. Then... Later in the week, she released the last frame captured from her photo, from her camera. The last, you know, as she was firing off. And it was, okay, it was, of course, the running back coming right at her is only a couple of feet away. And she put it out there like, I got the shot. And they posted the story. First of all, they put a clickbait headline. The stunning final photo from the young woman who was wiped out in the jor- and I look at it and I'm like, stunning, huh? Okay. Ever been on Instagram? I could probably get a more stunning photo than that within three clicks. But okay, it's a football player. It's close to you. But the comments are what really got me going is that so many people said, you go, girl. 
Way to hang in there. You're super tough, and you'll be back at it in no time. She talked about how she was excited to get back out on the sidelines. And the entire time, I'm like, no. This is the exact wrong lesson to be taking. Only, to me, they've got too many people on the sidelines already. That's number one. Number two, professional photographers who are down there understand the risks. They've been down uh, both courtside of basketball games, sidelines in the NFL and college, and they know the risks, and they are more aware than this young lady. Now, they still get wiped out from time to time, but they realize at the end of the day, it's just a picture. There's probably a million other people out there, million, there's probably 20 other photogs out there that have the same thing. No, no picture is worth me suffering a cracked skull and having to not work for six months because I, I get headaches whenever the curtains are pulled up because that's what's at stake. So the notion that these people were encouraging this young lady and congratulating her when if she had been standing close to a auto race, and I know it's not where she shouldn't have been, but let's just say it was not a guy running into her, but let's say it was a car. And let's say she wasn't fine and she was actually still in the hospital with a brain bleed and is going to be in serious, she's going to be in the ICU for another month. Would you still then say, well, she got the shot? No. You'd say, Jesus, don't ever do that, please. We, we, in fact, they might even be putting nets up around the field. And that's what kills me, is that people don't take seriously actual risks. And they value things over their physical safety that don't matter. Photos don't matter. This is why people die for the gram, as they like to say. And again, I got nothing really personally against this young woman. I'm glad she's okay. She's probably a wonderful gal. She probably was pretty mindful of the dangers, but just got caught. Okay. I get it. But the lesson is not, oh yeah, I'm tough. I'll be back. The lesson is, holy shit, you escaped major life-changing injuries. And maybe you should re-examine what was I doing? Why was I doing it? And maybe send out the message of, hey, you know what? We need to restrict who's on the sidelines. It's extremely dangerous. But the exact wrong message, I think, was taken out of it. Because, yay, you go, girl. Trump's common sense today. Okay, mailbag time. This one from Jared Sulek on the Deadwood Poker thing. Zabe, hold the phone. Wild Bill may not have been a great poker player. I'm not sure about those rankings anyway. Seinfeld reference. But he is a Hall of Famer. Either you are less wrong or Hall of Fame should be given less credit as being the mark of excellence. And there is, under the WSOP.com World Series of Poker and the Slash Poker Hall of Fame, there's the list. It includes, believe it or not, Wild Bill Hickok. Inducted in the first class in 1979. Isn't that great? There's a Poker Hall of Fame. Sid Wyman, Red Wind, Johnny Moss, Felton Corky McCorkadale, Edmund Hoyle. Ooh, he must have been uh, from the guy that invented cards. Hoyle, H-O-Y-L-E. Nick the Greek Dandalos and James Butler Hickok, otherwise known as Wild Bill. This one from Jake in Janesville, Wisconsin. Hey, brother, just wanted to take a second to say thank you 
for saying that baseline humanity, such as that exhibited by the PGA Tour player to go comfort the young man with Down syndrome that shouted out during his putt, that baseline humanity is the expected behavior and not rewarded. I raised my two boys with these expectations and has made them better for it. As of now, at least, LOL. Keep up the good work, Jake in Janesville. Again, this is not a knock on the golfer who did the right thing, and I applaud him for it. And it's not a knock on Van Pelt for bringing it to everybody's attention. All I'm saying is let's pump our brakes. And remember, that's baseline humanity. That's nothing special. And sure, you sure as hell can't give a guy in a spot in the open just because of it. I mean, you can, but I'd be totally against it. Uh, this one from Ray in Toledo. Hello, Steez. This is the guy who suggested the opposite of force multiplier is sea anchor. No doubt you are completely accurate about the snowflakes. I have one. But I also have another child that allows snowflakes to exist in this world. And I think you're right about the country going down the tubes because of these snowflakes. But the reason that the snowflakes can still exist is because young people like my other child are the exact opposite. And they stand between them and the end of civilization. I know you golf in the Carolinas from time to time. If you get a chance, please visit Paris Island and observe the fantastically tough and very young men and women who are holding the line against the end of civilization. Or better yet, visit Quantico in Virginia. See how fantastic these brand new college grads are. And some of them are from Syracuse University, believe it or not. Snowflakes can't exist in a vacuum. Look what happens to them in the uncivilized parts of the planet. They exist because people much harder and much tougher than them will stand between them and the people that would snuff them out instantly. Bitch all you want about snowflakes, and I will heartily agree, but please give equal time to the people that uh, are of their exact same age and keep the world cold enough for them not to melt. Ray in Toledo. Thank you, Ray, for that. And yes, I agree 1,000%, and I've seen it up close. This is something I've talked about before uh, regarding the Army-Navy game and the Radio Row, which will be at, I will be at again, Army-Navy Radio Row. I'll be at that uh, coming up in uh, mid-December. And I am blown away and inspired every time at being in an elevator with young cadets and young middies all dressed up impeccably in their dress uniforms. I mean, you have to see it to believe it, how perfect it is and how utterly trim and how well taken care of and polite and, and to see their beaming parents in that same elevator as you ride down with them as they get ready for the big game. And I say every year, and I'll say it again, thank God for these young men and women. Where do these young people come from? They come from all over the country. Come from great families, too. God bless them for it. So huzzah, huzzah to that. Then there's this one from Clinton. Probably too late for the Zabecast. No, it's not. I got it, but this story is right in your wheelhouse. Suspect at large after attacking woman on Metro, exposing himself at Popeye's. Wait, what? (laughs) A man who exposed himself at a Popeye's, then assaulted a woman on a Metro train, is now the subject of a manhunt in Prince George's County. This after a hospital released him, police say. Be on the lookout for 33-year-old Marcus Mullins. He attacked a teen on a metro. He was arrested again at his home in Capitol Heights. Then he went to a local Popeye's and started cranking it right there. I mean, Jesus. A Popeye's employee said the man walked into the restaurant, pulled down his pants, demanded a chicken sandwich. 
The man said uh, they said the man then walked outside and rummaged inside a car that was unlocked. Yeah, he's a mental patient. He needs help, obviously. It's amazing. We arrest mental patients and then just go, all right, well, let's turn them back out into the wild. Hopefully they'll be okay. And then one more on the email front, especially as we're talking about the vaunted Popeye's chicken sandwich. This one from Jeremy Spooner. Steez, a loyal listener since your sporting news days when I could catch you at 4 a.m. while I would get ready for work. I must say that your biggest influence on me has come just recently. Listening to you canvas the area where you live and intentionally going out of your way just for a Popeye's chicken sandwich put that yearning scratch in me that I could not itch. I was resisting and resisting poorly until my seven-year-old son, Sutton, told me about the sandwiches he heard from Bobby Bones. Yeah, I know. His mom subjects him to him every day before school. My sincerest apologies, and yes, I give fucks where I see fit. (laughs) In other words, he's not going to fight his mom on this. Hey, listen to Bobby Bones all you want. I don't care. I knew knew this was my chance to cash in, though. My wife is a fitness coach and a registered nurse, so any food purchased in the vehicle is an absolute rarity to be cherished. I waited like a plains nomad seeking the last buffalo. Until finally a Sunday came, Mom was working, and Sutton and I pounced. We risked our lives knowing the danger of visiting Popeyes, understanding the disapproval we would surely receive from mom, but we felt like warriors. And we got the sandwiches. One plain, one spicy. Success. Wait time under eight minutes. In fairness, the state of Colorado just does not yet understand the craze. Oh yeah, how did we like the sandwiches, you ask? Meh, plus. Love what you do. Thank you for making my daily 180-mile commute something to look forward to. Sincerely, Jeremy Spooner. (laughs) God bless you, man. (laughs) And I hope you did already tell your wife, the certified fitness coach and registered nurse, because otherwise, Jeremy Spooner, who lives in Colorado, you've been busted. Man, it's bad enough we're already divided as a nation. But do we really have to separate each other by our blue jeans. Apparently, we do, and we are. Levi Strauss and Wrangler jeans both got their start as the go-to jeans for cowboys and railroad workers and anyone else who pioneered the American West. Today, though, they are on opposite sides of a political divide that is actually affecting not only how people vote, but what they buy. Consumer research data shows Democrats have become more likely to wear Levi's than their Republican counterparts. The opposite is true with Wrangler, now far more popular with Republicans than vice versa. There is no simple explanation behind the consumer moves. Some of it is due to social and political stances companies are taking, such as Levi's, who has embraced gun control. I'll do it. Some of it's tied to larger geographic shifts in political parties themselves as rural counties become more Republican and urban areas uh, lean more Democratic. Lean. Wrangler is popular in the cowboy counties of the West and Midwest, uh, while San Francisco-based Levi's resonates more with city dwellers. Jeez. All of which makes me ask the question, what about Jordash? (laughs) 
Do they still make Jordache jeans? Are they still expensive? Uh, if not Jordache jeans, uh, what about, didn't uh, SNL have a, a skit about bad decision jeans or something like that? Didn't Donna Rice have her own, speaking of politics and jeans, brand of jeans after the whole scandal with Gary Hart broke? Ah, yes, the good old days. The good old days of quaint political scandals like, hey man, Gary Hart's probably fucking that hot blonde chick. Really? And he's running for president. He's married, huh? Oh boy. Incoming. Look out for that. Van update. People are asking me, Zabe, what happened to the van? I thought, you know, I signed. In fact, some people said, look, I signed up for monthly, uh, $5 a month because you said if you got enough people, you'd buy the van. Update, because I don't want to talk about Project X until it's done, but I, I have the van. I have the van, and the van is actually technically operational as we speak. It's been an interesting process, though, because I finally found the shell I wanted which was all tricked out. I mean, it was not tricked out, but it was set up the way I wanted to. Silver, 159-inch Ram ProMaster 2500 window van, tinted windows, both sides and the back, with swivel front seats, pretty much everything, cruise control, uh, rear view camera, navigation, yada, yada. I got it. Thank you to uh, Ray Hartley, big Alabama fan, former football player at Dulles Motor Cars in Leesburg, Virginia. Ding, ding, ding. Thank you, Ray. And uh, I got the van, got it for a good price, but it's empty. So now I've got to get it upfit. And I've got a gal. Her name is Scotty. That's her real name, Scotty Vosberg. And she lives right near me out in the country in the woods. And she does very good work upfitting. Save, her, her website is called Saved by Scotty. And she does renovations. She's very handy. You know, she's whip smart, knows how to do stuff. And we talked about the project. She's like, absolutely, I'd love to do it. And I said, great, let's do it. Now, there's one or two things kind of beyond necessarily her wheelhouse. One of them is putting seats in. Now, I know I went looking for seats online. It's amazing all the different seats you can get for RVs, campers, Class B motorhomes, you name it. So I'm like, oh, this is good. And they sell bases and they do this, they do that. They've got power recliners. Great. And I, I go call the website. And I start asking questions like, well, can I fit this seat with a seat belt? Because it doesn't look like it have one. It has one. I just want a lap belt. I just want something that if I'm rolling around in it, I can tell whoever's in the seat, hey, put the lap belt on. You'll probably live. There are others that have the integrated seat belt into the seat itself. And so I'm like, oh, oh, so the, so the lap belt will just sit there and flop on the ground. I'm like, yeah, I don't want that. I said, I'll probably go ahead and get... Uh, the ones that have the integrated seatbelt. She goes, "Oh, I'm sorry, no, that those seats aren't aren't rated for the uh, Ram Promaster." I'm like, "Why not?" She's like, "Well, if you put them in and in a crash, it would rip right through the floorboard, and it would come flying out like a projectile." You 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 know, it's not DOT rated. I'm like, "So why then were you gonna sell me a seat with a lap belt?" Like, I don't get it. And we went back and forth about the bases that were going to be used or whatever and uh, pre-drilled holes and stuff. And I'm like, okay, got to do more research on this. Also, air conditioning units. I want to get a second AC unit for when it's hot in the summer. I don't need it now, by the way. And so I'm thinking, well, maybe I wait and see just how hot it gets off of the standard van AC. There's a lot of different ways to put a second AC unit in. And there's not very many places that do it. And you think it would be easy, but I'm learning it's not. 
different levels. Well, do you want the one that's just a tie-in or you want the one that's a tie-in with a compressor? You want the tie-in and the compressor and the condenser? Do you want a rooftop unit like for an RV? I'm like, I don't know. That seems like it's overkill. So I'm doing my research. I'm working on it. Uh, I'm buying all this stuff like this second skin that's a dampening sort of rubberized skin that you meticulously stick to the innards of the vehicle to really make it dead and soundproof and nice. So yeah, it's it's in the works, but it's not going to be done. Well, I doubt it'll be done before Christmas, but we'll see about that. If anybody out there listening can help or wants to help me, Jesus, I'm dying. Too many phone calls, too many places, too much run around, too much stuff I don't understand. Are more games lost in the NFL than one? Booger McFarland said as such on Monday Night Football the other night in Mexico City, and people on Twitter took him to task. Of course, that's what they do on Twitter. I understand what he was saying, and actually the saying uh, was a longtime favorite of former radio host in Washington, D.C., and legend Ken Beatrice. Ken Beatrice would always say, more games are lost rather than won. And what he meant by that was that in the NFL, teams are roughly equal. Uh, You've got a salary cap that limits any team from buying up all the good players. The draft is rigged so that the worst teams get the best picks. Thank you, Redskins. And um, it's a fair fight from week to week. It's a league of parity. It's why the league is so hard to bet. You don't know who's good. You don't know who's bad until you see the game. And you're like, whoa, I didn't see that one coming. So the point is that most NFL games are a fair fight. And you don't know how it's going to come out. His point, and the point of that, more games are lost than won, is to say that usually the team that wins, they do it because the team that loses made more dumb mistakes. They beat themselves. Their coach was timid in his strategy or clueless or just inattentive uh, or whatever the case, or, or more poorly prepared. They lost the game. That not many team, not many games are won by the clearly superior and over-the-top great play of the winning team. Now, in a case in which both teams are back and forth, it's a high-scoring game. They're both operating effectively. They're making plays on offense and defense. And then one team at the end has the more clutch quarterback that goes down the field, scores the touchdown and wins. Then, yeah, boom. There's a game that's won. But more often than not, teams just throw games away by doing dumb shit. And that's what Ken Beatrice meant all along. And I think that's what Booger McFarland meant as well. We'll end on this today. An umpire in a youth baseball game, a travel league game somewhere out west, looks like it's Colorado, maybe Arizona, somewhere California, somewhere Utah. Beautiful mountains, beautiful, perfect weather. Oh, the west. Anyhow, he uh, decides that he has had enough chirping from the uh, parents in the stands. And he turns around and says, that's it. I'm done with that. Do you think the parents then go, okay, all right. Umpire's in control. Let's settle down, everybody. Nope. Here's what ensued as captured by vertical video and posted to the ever-popular website TikTok. Enough. I'm not hearing another word of anything. Then be fair. No, no. Wait a second. Did you just hear me? Yeah, I heard you. Okay. Do you want to have a game here? Chill out. Baseball game. Hey, stay professional for the kids and just do your job. Come on. Are you mad because the kids are taller than you, said some stupid bitch mom. And there goes the umpire. Let me tell you, 
so many, I think, youth parents who are not idiots applaud this guy. Some woman waddles out in her yoga pants with her puffy vest on. And you just say to yourself, you know what? Fuck parents. Not your parents, not my parents, but, you know, these type of parents. This is what's become a youth sports. And I know that you're going to say, this is nothing. You have no idea, Zabe. I've got this many kids in travel sports. I've seen it. I've done it. I've seen even worse than this. This is nothing, you'll say. Okay. It reminded me of this great SNL skit, maybe one of the best ever with Will Ferrell. Brandon, uh, maybe you should listen to your dad and stay close to first base, partner. (laughs) You know, uh, what I always tell my son Nathan, uh, just go out there and try to have fun, you know. Well, you know, having fun is the name of the game. Hey, son, you trying to make an ass of me? Get on the bag! Hey, you know what? (laughs) I could go for snow cones. Anyone interested? Oh, thanks, Kathy, but uh, I got my own snow cone right here. Anybody else? Huh? <laughs> Pulls out a beer. Uh, thank you. No. 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 Mike, forgive me for intruding, but I don't know if it's appropriate for you to be drinking here in front of the children. And it is 10.30 in the morning. <laughs> hey, I just like to relax when I'm at the ball field. Do you know what I'm saying? I guess so. I will chain you to a pipe <laughs> and a crawl space <laughs> if you don't get on the bag. Now get on Now, I will ask you this question. What is the big difference between those two clips? Anyone? Bueller? Bueller? In the SNL parody, it's one dad who's gone insane. And it's the rest of the parents who serve as the reasonable bulwark against one man's insanity threatening to ruin the entire activity. What was the clip in the umpire who quit because the parents wouldn't shut up? It was all the parents who had lost their minds. They maybe were not as insane as Will Ferrell screaming at their kid to get on the bag, but they there was not a single one of them. There was not enough parents to overwhelm and to turn on the parents who were being chirpy assholes and say, shut the fuck up and let the umpire do his job. It was basically everybody or the 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 rest that were there the parents that were there that wanted to see the game go on were cowed into silence or they didn't want to get into it whatever the case is look at it it's now the entirety of the parents and the other big difference is in the skit it's a it's a psychotic dad yelling at his kid now the psychotic parents are yelling at the umpires because they all think that their kid is special and that their kid is getting mistreated by the big bad umpire who's making bad calls for Timmy. He shouldn't have struck out. You're a bad umpire. And you know what else plays into all this? And don't think it doesn't. You got it. Instant fucking replay. This thought that there is perfection to be attained and that we got to get it right. Where do you think that idea comes from? How do you, where do you think that water runoff of misguided notion about how sports really is ends up deposited? That's right, at levels like this. That will wrap it for today. Thank you again for listening. It's been a nice week. We've got football five ways Friday, week number 12, and it's a massive week. We are talking about two blockbusters on Sunday. 
with the Patriots hosting the Cowboys, America's quarterback and Tom Brady against America's team, and then the Niners and the Packers at on Sunday night. It's going to be epic. So if you want your full football five ways, get it tomorrow. It's only $5 a month for the Friday edition of the Zabecast, and all of it helps support silly ventures like buying a stupid van and outfitting it with a studio where I can go and broadcast from anywhere. Maybe your house, maybe your driveway, who knows? Thank you for doing that. Thanks for spreading the word about the Zabecast. Have a great Thursday, and we will see you next time. Hey, listen up, past, present, and future MyBookie players. During Thanksgiving week, MyBookie is offering a risk-free bet on the Bears-Lions game. Simply choose a team against the spread for up to $250. If you win, congrats. You've got extra holiday spending money. If you lose, congratulations to you as well. MyBookie will give all your money back. It is a no-brainer because you literally cannot lose. It's no risk, all gravy. Crazy, right? It doesn't matter whether you're an experienced player or a first-time customer. MyBookie welcomes all to come play. So quit waiting around and sign up today. Do you find yourself wanting to bet on sports but have a lot of questions? Don't sweat it. MyBookie's patient customer service team can walk you through the process. And the best part is, if you join this Thanksgiving week coming up, you'll still have one last shot to take advantage of their incredible sign-up offer. Just log on to MyBookie.ag and make your first deposit with promo code ZABE. MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar, and that's on top of the risk-free bet. Let me repeat, that's a guaranteed deposit match and risk-free bet for Thanksgiving only. So if you're a true football fan, you do not want to let this opportunity pass you by. You simply can't lose. Root for your team this year, but get in on the action and hop on the gravy train with my bookie. You play, you win, you get paid. At SheFit, we're so over beach bodies and getting bikini ready. You should be empowered to wear anything you want, except a bad sports bra. You deserve better. You deserve a bra with fit and support like no other. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually performs. Fully adjustable to fit your body with 50% less bounce than the Nike Pro. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022.